Thank you very much, Officer Bob, for that incredible performance. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Rectech. Oh my gosh. Hey, Stu, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? Oh, good. I just got in. Hope I haven't missed anything yet. Um, Rectech is uh, a game changer. Picture yourself in the heat of the summer with a Rectech. Grilling, smoking, baking to perfection. Now, when I say think of yourself in the middle of the summer, grilling, you think to yourself, I don't want to think about that because it's too hot. Yes, but with a Rectech, you have an app on your phone or your device. And uh, if you want to get a Rectech, may I highly suggest that you dial pound 250 and say Rectech. You'll save 10% off everything site-wide. The only way you get that 10% discount is by using the um, the uh, code pound 250. You just dial that from your cell phone, pound 250, and you say Rectech. Get all the information and save 10% now. Rectech. Yesterday it was uh, quite about. Yeah, uh, I don't know who knocked out who, but I think uh, Fauci lost a couple of teeth in the uh, in the fight against Senator Rand Paul. Very bruised this morning, maybe a broken nose. I thought he was going to topple over, but he is still strangely standing. Maybe because all of the press is in his corner. We'll tell you about the big fight between Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci. Coming up. The Glenn Beck Program. So Brian lives in Alabama, and he writes in about his experience with Rough Greens. He says after, uh, sorry, why does experience for Rough Greens after taking Relief Factor for three weeks? Who's writing this? What, what is happening? What is happening? Uh, anyway, he, I think he wrote in about his experience with uh, Relief Factor. After taking Relief Factor, he says, for three weeks, I found that at least 90% of my pain is gone. I was beginning to limit my mobility and my ability to get things done at work and at home. I'm amazed at the relief that I have gotten. I should have started taking Relief Factor a year ago when I first heard about it on your show. Let me tell you, Brian, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. But I, I waited longer than that. I mean... Relief Factor had been a sponsor on The Blaze for a couple of years, and I hadn't taken it uh, because I didn't think it would work. You know, I don't know what it is. Everybody asks me, too, when I go out, do you really do you really use the products that you talk about? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, but there's something about it. I don't know. When you hear a clown like me on the air, you're like, he's just getting paid to say that, so it probably doesn't work. It does. It has for me. And about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Order the three-week quick start, nineteen ninety-five. That's what it's going to take to find out if it will work for you. It works for about 70% of the people because they, I mean, I guess either that or they're stupid, but they go on to order more month after month. Check it out. Within three weeks, you should know. Relief Factor. It can change your life like it has mine, like it has Brian. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. 
holy cow, did you see the fight between Fauci and uh, and Rand Paul yesterday? Yeah. They don't like each other. I, I get this weird sense that they just aren't. I don't think they you even think? hang out on the weekends anymore. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I hate when people grow apart. Uh, me too. You know? Me too. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I don't have this weird hate for Dr. Fauci, but I also don't really, I don't trust him at all. Um, especially after, you know, we've read his emails. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear on that after you read his emails on what was going on. Um, but, uh, Rand Paul was treated by Dr. Fauci, unlike I've seen anybody since maybe the McCarthy hearings, uh, when he was, when he, when he was uh, saying, you know, have you no shame? Uh, Dr. Fauci yesterday said, you're wrong. You're wrong, Senator Paul. You're wrong. What Senator Paul was saying was, Fauci, you lied last time you were here. You told me the NIH was not um, doing gain of function research or paying for any gain of function research in uh in the wuhan lab now if you watched the testimony yesterday what was weird was fauci's defense did you notice this his defense was that's wrong you're wrong you don't know what you're talking about that's not what that paper says except that's exactly what the paper says it was it was gain of function research and it was funded through a third party by fauci at the nih that money went directly to the Wuhan laboratory for gain of function research. So he says at first, you're wrong. That's not what it says. It is. Now, the first part of that defense is I'm going to trust that this administration and that the media will back me up and not show what I actually said and what all of the reports said. But that's not the important part for me. Let's play a little bit of the exchange. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that paper. you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was? Let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its yeah, transmissibility yeah, yeah. to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah, that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially, you do <laughs> not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH, one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. <laughs> they took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increase their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function. It is not. It's a dance and you're it dancing is. around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from now a Now listen pandemic. to this. That's important. When he said that, because you are responsible that's when Fauci changed his defense. It went from, you're a moron. You don't know. Only me, the expert, and other people that I've handpicked that, that have read this say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. That's not gain of function. So he's not denying that something was going on and that we were funding it at Wuhan. 
The first defense is, yeah, all right, we were funding something was going on at Wuhan, but that wasn't gain of function. That's the first defense. Once Rand Paul said this, he changed and his defense became what? We're not responsible for that. I'm not responsible for that. You're implying that I killed four million people, but we didn't do it. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying, because this is what he said, what we were doing did not cause it. It's different. It's a different coronavirus. It's not coronavirus 19. Wait, wait, hold it just a second. I thought you weren't doing anything at Wuhan. Or anything that was related to gain of function. Correct. Even if even in North Carolina or anywhere else. Anywhere else. They denied that over and over again. Over and over again. So wait a minute. What you came up with is a different strain than what we now know as coronavirus, Corona-19, COVID-19. Wait, you can't have it both ways, Fauci. Yeah, we should go. We should do this real quick, Glenn. Okay. This this idea that that Fauci is coming out with and trying to play some semantic game with this is bizarre. And it would be, oh, you could understand it if he was saying, look, what, what you're accusing me of is not true in his opinion. And here is here's the distinction between what you're talking about and what I'm talking about. And he's saying, no, you're just lying. You're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. These are let me give you a couple things. This is from our own Tyler Carden uh, here at the blaze. Okay. Uh, uh, Ralph Barrick was one of the guys who does the gain of function research. One of the big uh, scientists that received funding. He called it a chimeric chain, a gain of function virus. Okay. He it's on video. Mm-hmm. He says he was doing research, which resulted in a chimeric gain of function virus. Correct. In, uh, in the Barrick paper, it says at the bottom in the, in, in, and this is all highlighted. I just you, you tweeted at uh, Stu does America and see all the quotes and see all the papers with the highlights. Uh, talking about these studies were initiated before the U.S. government deliberative process uh, research funding pause on selected gain-of-function research. However, what mm-hmm. else does it say? This paper has been reviewed by the funding agency, the NIH. Continuation of these studies was requested, and this has been approved by the NIH. So, in other words, this is gain-of-function research that was done before the ban. Yep. However... At the request of the NIH, they asked us to look into this, and so the government has looked into it, and they have cleared this gain of function to proceed. Right. By the way, the project title, Generating Infectious Clones of Bat SARS-like COVID viruses, coronaviruses. I mean, how do you, how, how is this, we laid this all out last week on our Wednesday night special. I went into 20 minutes of all of those memos back and forth with Fauci. Fauci is clearly lying here. He is clearly lying. In, in, in the Fauci emails, Anthony Fauci himself sends a file titled Barrick, and it goes through the whole et al. situation, Nature Medicine, SARS gain of function dot PDF. This is an email from Fauci, from Fauci. He also says, uh, he says, the paper you sent me, and this is, a, this is a, a response from Fauci, but it was an email to Fauci from uh, another person at the NIH. 
The paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain-of-function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by the NIH. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she will try to determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. This is a, These are questions they were asking themselves internally. Correct. And he's trying to now have this little fun game of, you know, this distinction as to whether he really means gain of function in the same way we mean it. But I mean, the bottom line is, if you have some distinction you're trying to explain, you don't just yell at the senator and say, you don't know what you're talking about. Try to explain what your what 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 your distinction is here. You yourself you and everybody that you're you work with on in this field was calling it gain of function in internal emails. Yeah. That's why he can't use that defense. Yeah. And he's using it the way Clinton used the defense of uh, depends on the definition of is. You know, it depends on what your definition of is is. Remember that? That was bullcrap and everybody knew it was bullcrap. This is bullcrap, and he is counting on you not doing your homework. He is counting on the press to not come out with all of the information. I want you to go back and watch last week's special on this topic. We did, I did at least 20 minutes on just the Fauci emails and gain of function. I showed you exactly who was funding what and when they were funding it. It is much worse than just this. I'm going to take a one minute break and uh, come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about what really is going on. There is I mean, I, I would pray for Senator Paul, quite honestly, because he is taking on China. He is taking on the uh, NIH. He is taking on the real powerhouses behind the curtain that do not want any of this stuff to come out. And not that it is the worst crime in the world. It's just the cover-up. The cover-up is much, much worse. And this exposes all of these people. And the game they always play. This is the same game they were playing in the Ukraine, just not with medical health. It was just money being changing hands and doing things that you're not supposed to be doing and they just think they're better than everybody else and they can get away with it and you know what at this point in america i think they are going to get away with it unless you know the facts you can't do what fauci is doing and just say fauci's a fathead he doesn't know what he's talking about you have to be armed with the facts and it's very clear. We have the documentation. More in 60 seconds. Uh, all right. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is blinds.com. You giving your house a new look? Maybe you're not quite ready to sell one of your kidneys to do it. May I suggest that you start out with replacing your window treatments? Yeah, that's what I should have done a year ago. I didn't do it. I decided, you know what? Let's paint the kitchen. That's, that's how it started. Let's paint the kitchen. And then my wife said, well, if we're going to do that, I'd really like just to move just this wall. And then here we are a year later, and I don't, for some reason, have any working toilets on the first floor. It's fantastic. I love it. May I suggest... You go to blinds.com, and when somebody says, let's paint the kitchen, or can we move just one wall? You say, no, 
Open the blinds. Look at how beautiful these new blinds are. Blind shade, shutters, drapes, whatever you need. They're offering up to 35% off everything. If I would have started with the blinds and ended with the blinds, uh, that would have been great. You know what I have to do after all this construction is over? Order blinds! From blinds.com, 100% guaranteed perfect fit with free shipping. Right now, save up to 35% off at blinds.com. Blinds.com, rules and restrictions may apply. 10-second station ID. Alrighty. But isn't there just a basic requirement from journalists, right, to say, okay, you're fighting with a senator. This clip is going viral. It's all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. You're saying he doesn't know at all what he's talking about. Let me go through his complaints here. Okay. The specific quotes, and you give me your response to them don't call don't tell me i don't know what i'm talking about i'm just a journalist i'm just trying to get the answers you explain to me why when you cite this work as gain of function research multiple times why that doesn't count as gain of function research and i don't even mean it aggressively give have him freaking respond to it i have noticed something about dr fauci glenn and this is something that maybe you know i don't know people who watch uh, who don't pay attention to this every minute like we do. It's part of our jobs here to watch this stuff. And I've noticed something, which is he occasionally makes himself available for interviews. Every once in a while, he's willing to talk to someone on television. Occasionally, once, a, I don't know, maybe it's once every six months. He will actually go on TV and talk about himself and his work. Yeah. He, I, I know he's camera shy, but right. one of these thousand <laughs> interviews you do with this guy, can somebody ask him, hey, you keep saying the gain of function thing is a lie. Here's the paper. Let me read the quote to you and you explain to me what is insane about this criticism. I uh, can't. That's why it's not being asked. But that, because that's a completely unacceptable it, from a journalist. Think? I mean, I, can some journalist with some balls do a little bit of homework and at least ask these questions? He's accusing a U.S. senator of lying while holding a paper that he says doesn't say the thing that Rand Paul says it no, does. No, no, no. So, he's holding. No, no. He's holding a paper that says gain of function yes! that he originated and somehow or another when he wrote gain of function he didn't mean gain of function uh can you explain that yeah that, 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 these are not i understand that like they like fauci more than a lot of other people that certainly the friend paul does but that doesn't mean you can't hold him accountable. You know, here's here's a way to sell it to the journalists out there. Make Rand Paul look like an idiot because you know what? Dr. Fauci's going to have a great answer to it. Exactly right. Fine. Whatever your approach is, ask him to answer why the words gain of function repeated dozens of times does not mean great of gain of function. This is a very basic thing. These papers exist. The quotes are there. They're on the they're all over the internet. Ask him to answer that specific thing. Okay, so here's here's what happened. 
he sent an article to a colleague that was published at sciencemagazine.org. In the article, the author mentions two names, Dr. Xi, that's the bat lady uh, at the Wuhan lab, and Peter Daszak of EcoHealth Alliance. This is a friend of Fauci's. The article hit a nerve or something because it was forwarded by Fauci in the middle of the night around to several people, and then it just made the rounds. Later in the day, Fauci sent another email to a colleague, and on it, it said, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this morning. Now, this is a couple of hours later. Uh, it's essential that we speak this morning. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you now. You have tasks today that must be done. What does that mean? Dr. Fauci, I'd like to know. What does that mean? You got a few tasks today. You know what I'm saying? Don't ask any questions. Let's take care of a couple of things. You got to make a couple of things happen today. That's all I'm saying. The paper that he attached was regarding gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Exactly what, what, what uh, uh, Senator Paul was talking about. Manipulating a virus to make it more transmissible. Again, with the bat lady who was doing research on coronaviruses, the bat lady at Wuhan, where did she get the virus uh, she got the virus from the united states she with fauci's approval we sent something innocently i'm not blaming the researchers who are very very good in what is it north or south carolina we sent all of that stuff to the bad lady then fauci approves money that that is a not supposed to go to gain of function research to the Wuhan lab. President Obama said, none of, we're stopping all of that. It's too dangerous. Fauci believes it's too important. So he gives the money to his good friend, Peter Daszak at EcoHealth or EcoHealth. And what does EcoHealth do with it? They decide to fund the research with the bat lady. This is Fauci in his arrogance, thinking he can get away with literal murder. This is the Glenn Beck Program. More in a second. Listen, uh, it's not that I, I want to be snacking all the time. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. It just happens that if I don't snack, something weird begins to happen to me. Uh, I... I I begin to get a little angry, and then Glenn's skin turns green, and he bursts out of his clothes, and then, ah! It's uh, hangry. I have a problem sometimes with hanger. Uh, and if I just snack throughout the day, I only burst out of my clothes, but I expect that. Or at least that's how it used to be. Now you can eat a built Bar instead of the candy bar, which I would have had several of in the past. Now... I eat built bars. Now I eat them not as directed. I eat them from the box and I eat several of them. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. This is grasshopper cookie. Let's just say yum. Check it out. They're good for you. They're protein bars, 120 calories made with real chocolate. They're great. 
built.com. Promo code BEC15, save 15% on your next order. Built.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You can see that whole show Glenn was talking about as part of your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We are very glad to uh, talk to you this morning and bring you up to speed on the lies of Dr. Fauci, and they are verifiable lies. We laid it all out last week in our special, and I want to go through some of it. We just talked about the uh, research paper that was published in November of 2015, one year after the moratorium, uh, Dr. Xi and the Bat Lady in Wuhan, as well as multiple other doctors from all over the world, including the United States listed as authors. This is a one year, one year after Obama said, can't fund this stuff. Okay. Its description is quote, a SARS like cluster of circulating bat coronaviruses shows potential for human emergence. Now, what does that mean? Human emergence. That is gain of function research. The virus they started They started with a SARS-like coronavirus that was present in bats in China. It was not infecting humans at all. So they went and they proceeded to manipulate it so that it was transmissible to humans, known as gain-of-function research. In the acknowledgement section, this is what Stu was talking about just a few minutes ago, The acknowledgement, funding and, I'm quoting, funding and support came from the NIAI, the NIH, that's Dr. Fauci, and USAID, and from EcoHealth Alliance. That's the money, that's the organization that Fauci gave the money to. So they're accrediting the NIH and EcoHealth. There was a halt on this research, remember. That's why it has a little disclaimer, as Stu pointed out just a minute ago. This, uh, these experiments were, quote, initiated and performed before the gain of research uh, funding pause, a gain of function research funding pause, and have since been reviewed and, repro- and approved for continued study by the NIH. So it's coming out and saying a year after the funding was supposed to be shut off, it's saying we did these experiments before. However, this has now all been reviewed by NIH, uh, a.k.a. Dr. Fauci, and he has approved this research to continue. Gain-of-function research canceled for everyone else, with an exception of the Communist Party in China. Now, they were also publishing academic studies describing the entire thing. Money was flowing in the direction of Wuhan. The study clearly acknowledges that. So there's no way Fauci can deny it. But he is. He is lying under oath. We know that U.S. taxpayer dollars were going to Wuhan, China through Echo Health. But there is more evidence, more evidence of what was being done there. Peter Daszak in March 2016, that's the guy from Echo Health or Eco Health, in his own words, describing the type of research that was going on. Do we have that sound? 
Listen to this. So we sequence the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you, look, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. That's the very definition of gain of function. That's a year after the report that Senator Paul held up. So a year later, because in that report it says this has been approved by the NIH to continue research. Here's Peter Daszak from Echo Health saying this is what we're doing. Now, remember, uh, as we explained in the special last week, it's the presence of the spike proteins that is a mystery. But the guy sending U.S. tax dollars to the Wuhan lab is explaining exactly what's going down. He was on C-SPAN explaining what they were doing with the spike proteins. That explains everything. Why is this a debate? Why is this even a mystery? He's explaining it. Then in November 2019, three researchers at the Wuhan lab fell ill with an illness that matches the COVID uh, symptoms. We didn't know this until May, just a couple of months ago. And all of a sudden, that's when we started seeing the science, the scientists and the doctors and the media start backtracking on their narrative because we received uh, proof that at least three researchers at the Wuhan lab fell ill with what appears to be COVID-19 before COVID-19 was eaten in bat soup. How's that possible? So let's skip ahead. December 9th, 22 days before China would report a pneumonia-like virus breaking out in Wuhan. That's December 9th. Doctors and scientists are meeting all over the from all over the world, met in Singapore at the Virus International Congress. If you look a conference, if you look at the attendees, you have Peter Daszak of Echo Health. You have Danielle Anderson, who was working at the Wuhan lab. And she, by the way, was the one that really wrote the fact check, trying to disprove the lab leak theory. So when you when you hear that it didn't come from a lab, she's the one who built that case. She was working there while they were working with the spike proteins on a bat coronavirus paid for by the NIH. And then the other person that was at the conference was the bat lady. That's quite a collection of people that, you know, before the pandemic officially began, they were all talking about what they were doing. In fact, Peter Daszak even introduced Dr. Xi and tweeted photos of her, followed the tweet up with a comment of how you can get on and train at the Wuhan lab. As soon as the coronavirus broke out and they started questioning where did it come from, he deleted all of those tweets, which isn't suspicious at all the conference the congress the conference was put on by an organization called the coalition of Epi- epidemic preparedness innovations they were launched in 2017 at davos of all places and you know who they are the world economic forum they've received funding from norway germany japan canada australia 
and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Along at the, with this conference, the uh, at this conference, along with the people from the World Economic Forum, the conference was co-sponsored by the World Health Organization and Dr. Fauci's NIH. So you have all of the players who have everything to lose. And quite honestly, you have at least one of the players, World, Health, uh, World Economic Forum, who has everything to gain. These guys are the ones that Rand Paul is really going after. We're going after uh, Dr. Fauci because he was the liar. And it will probably, if he even has to pay a price, it'll probably stop there. But it goes all the way. They have national governments, big business, huge organizations. Who do you have in the fight? Okay, there's one other thing. On the special I did last week, there's arguments on whether this is natural or not. And what they're saying is they can't explain the, the spike uh, proteins. Well, spike proteins, they can be explained as they were by uh, the report that went to Fauci and the uh, Peter Daszak audio I just played for you. It explains they were manipulating those. That's a sign that it's been a manipulated uh, vaccine and they can't explain it any other way. And so they're going back and forth. No, but it's, it can't be that because Fauci and everybody else says it can't be that. We weren't doing that. So how do we explain these? So the two arguments is that it was a lab leak. And if, just looking at the evidence, it seems to be the most likely. Uh, you know, the virus started 277 meters from where the bat soup was. Unfortunately, um, they're... They didn't sell those bats uh, at the Wuhan market. Um, there's no evidence of anyone buying that. That bat that has this coronavirus is from 1,200 miles away in China. You're not going, you know, you're not taking your little, your little Chinese truck and you're a, you know, you're a bat salesman and getting the bats in a cave 1,200 miles away to bring it to a local market. It's not happening. Now, You'll hear this from the Chinese and Dr. Fauci and anyone trying to disprove the lab leak. They'll say, sure, parts of the virus make it easily transmissible and it looks odd, but it was likely involved in an animal and jumped from there. But we haven't found the animal and we have done 50,000 tests on animals and we can't find the virus in any animal in that area. None. We can't find the original animal. And we can't take this virus and inject it into bats and bats get sick from it. The bats are rejecting it. So why would they reject something that was incubated in them? Okay. The other is, the other thing is, it was, it was, it was labs. But we can't find the animal there either. I would like to suggest we're looking for the wrong animal. Here's something you never hear about. A research paper published in May, May 2020. The, patho uh, the pathogenicity of SARS-CoV-2 
in transgenic mice. This came from Vanity Fair. The research was published in 2020, but it was actually conducted. Listen to this sometime in the summer of 2019. And it was conducted in the Wuhan lab. And the paragraph uh, explains in Vanity Fair, it's very complex, but what it, but it, what it explains is how the Wuhan lab and the bat lady were artificially humanizing lungs in mice. So they, I don't even know how this works, but they were humanizing the lungs. So it was more of a human lung in the mice. And then they injected them with COVID to see if it was more transmissible in humans. So should we be looking for a mouse? Because they were using mice with humanized lungs in the summer of 2019. And they were injecting this COVID with the spike proteins into these mice in the summer of 2019. And then before anybody got sick, three researchers that were working on this project in the Wuhan lab show up at the hospital two months before anybody else gets sick, two months before that. And they're sick with COVID-like symptoms. Gee, how is this not an open and shut case? How is this not clear? And how is Fauci getting away with lying in front of Congress with this much evidence? Is there anybody in the media that will hold him responsible and not take off the kit gloves and actually start asking some tough questions? Dr. Fauci is welcome on this program. My office is going to be setting, uh, sending yet another request today. Uh, and we will be demanding either acceptance or a rejection letter. No more stonewalling. Senator, I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, we would love to have you because if you're not lying, you just have to explain this. Just explain it. And I may not understand it, but there'll be somebody in the audience that will. Sponsor this half hour's LifeLock. It can happen so fast, you won't even believe it. One minute you're sitting there just being you and, uh, and having an identity and some money in the bank. And then the next minute, it's gone. It happens every day. And it is happening more and more. And they're getting more sophisticated. That's why nobody can guarantee that they can, you know, stop all cybercrime because it's changing constantly. And you don't have the time or the knowledge or the resources to be able to stop it. But LifeLock does. And that's why I urge you, I urge you to get a subscription to LifeLock. Save up to 25% off your first year at lifelock.com with promo code Beck. They will watch it for you. And if they detect your information has been compromised, they'll not only send you an alert, but they will give you access to a dedicated restoration specialist that their only job is to help clean it up. Lifelock. Lifelock.com. Use the promo code Beck for 25% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code Beck. Tonight on Glenn TV. You've heard the lies about critical race theory. It's harmless. It's just a law theory. It's the new conservative boogeyman. Opponents of CRT are racist. It's not being taught in public school. 
Glenn exposes the true origins of critical race theory and gives you the facts you need to fight back in the war for our children's minds. Watch Marxist Methods, debunking the left's lies about critical race theory. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The Glenn Beck Program. This this will tell you something about the press uh, and and what somebody is very, very scared for all of this information to come out because Obama put the ban on gain of function at Wuhan. Donald Trump later lifted it after all of this was done with Fauci, but he lifted it. If if there was something going on, the press always goes for the Donald Trump card. It's his fault. He lifted it. They're not even playing the Donald Trump card on that. That's their in to cover this <laughs> yeah. and blame it on him. And yet they're not doing it. Why? Why? Ask the damn questions. This Fauci is clearly lying. And it's so easy for the press to do what they always do and blame it all on Donald Trump, even though it's not his fault. But they won't even go there. They won't even risk broaching this, even when they can go back to the old standard. It's Trump's fault. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, American financing. Um, have you taken time to just look at your finances? I have to tell you, <laughs> Stu and I have been planning something for, what, three days now, getting mm-hmm. together over the weekend. <laughs> and I said, did you tell Nothing. your wife yet? And he's like, no, I, I will. And I'm like, yeah, I, I've been saying that, too. I, I don't think it's going to happen. No progress has been made. And that's why today I texted my wife and said, will you text Tanya? Yeah, because it is. <laughs> I, that's what I would have done, too. Mm-hmm. I would have text. Hey, we have an idea. Would you just check the, with Lisa? Um, there's so many things going on. This is really important. You can save so much money. If you're paying three or 4% more, uh, on your mortgage, you are way overpaying. How about the credit card debt? You want to save hundreds, if not a thousand dollars a month, please call American financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. Do it now. Call them. 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Okay, we've got a massive uh, program, a great show planned for you. Not today, but coming up. And we have, you know, Jason Whitlock joining us in just a second. I can't wait to talk to him about the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. the days when we really didn't have a lot to talk about not a lot was going on you know the government wasn't really controlling all of our lives they weren't spying on us they weren't threatening to put people in jail that just loved the constitution 
Oh, those days don't come back. Those were the days when people like me had nothing to talk about. And we would spend sometimes a week talking about one stupid story. And every year you could count on at least a day just talking about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit uh, edition. And it was just because, you know, we're pigs. Uh, However, it's crazy that we are so busy we can't talk about how history is being changed and that there's a guy in the swimsuit edition this time. Uh, Wow. Have things changed? Jason Whitlock from the Jason Whitlock program uh, and uh, in his podcast now from the blaze he's got a lot to say about this and we go to him in 60 seconds the Glenn Beck program by the way if you missed the first hour on the broadcast you missed the takedown of uh, Fauci and uh, how he is absolutely lying to Rand Paul. All of the evidence is there, and it's very clear. Um, The press isn't doing their job. We are. Now somebody needs to ask him, uh, how exactly do you explain all these things, Dr. Fauci? Because he is lying. Make sure you grab our uh, podcast today. If you miss a second, you'll miss a lot. Grab the podcast so you can listen to it at your leisure anywhere you get your podcast patriot mobile is our sponsor they stand for a great mobile service that is much more affordable yet they stay ahead of the competition and i think they do it uh because they're just not part of the game you know everybody thinks the same when you're in that click and everybody's doing the same thing and now big mobile they're spending more time trying to make sure that they're woke then provide great service. This is where Patriot Mobile comes in. They're on the same cell towers as everybody else. Um, But how is it they can be on those same cell towers and they can offer that service for less money? Because they're number two. They try harder. They're breaking out of the box and saying, you don't have to spend all of that money and you don't have to give that money to a bunch of people who are woke, are making sure that everybody who works for them is examining their whiteness and giving money to things like Planned Parenthood. Get out of the system. Remember what I used to say? Those who will survive are spitting themselves out of the system. That's what Patriot Mobile has done. And we need to join them. Patriot Mobile. Stick with a company that actually is sticking with you. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Right now, two great offers to choose from. Either 50% off your first two months or $100 off any phone. Both offers come with premier activation. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck for all the details. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. One of my... One of my favorite guys uh, is Jason Whitlock. And when I first heard Jason Whitlock, uh, his name, I thought, I'm not going to have anything in common with him. He's a sports guy. He's not a sport. I mean, he is a sports guy, but he's not a sports guy. He is so much deeper than that. He's a culture guy and a really good man who admits his faults and is trying to be a better man. Is there anything better than that? Isn't that what we all should be doing? Working every day to be better than we were yesterday? 
He is the now Blaze TV host of Fearless, and uh, he is on with us now. Hello, Jason. How are you, sir? How are you, Glenn? I'm good, man. How are things in our uh, in our Nashville uh, studios? They're going well. We're working hard and producing a lot of content and yeah. trying to be an asset. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah. Well, you are the 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 show is the show is great. It's really great. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the swimsuit issue. Because you were saying this is another historic moment in the rewriting of American history. So tell me about it. Well, look, the left is obsessed with being on the right side of history. And so they keep writing about all these historic moments. And allegedly, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, which features two black women and a transgender black woman uh, on the cover. This is now history, and it's a history-making deal. Three black women or two black women and a transgender woman on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And what they're doing is telling you the history they plan to write in the future. And so in the future, they plan to write a history that defines... Christian values as evil, and they, the left, the left-wing media, they were ahead of the curve, and we embraced uh, the whole transgender movement and, and men that feel like women and go through this surgery, and now we consider them women, and, and, and men can have babies, and all of this stuff. They plan to write all this in the future, and they're... And they're squashing dissent very cleverly by writing this history-making events all in a racial narrative so that anybody that criticizes it, if they're white, you're a racist. If you're black, you're a sellout and an Uncle Tom. It's very clever what they're doing, how they're attacking Christian values, wrapping it in black packaging to silence us from saying, like, Hey, man, this is wrong. You're putting a biological man who more power to him, has had surgery, and is now a woman, but... No, 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 no. He's not a woman. Biologically, scientifically, not a woman. He's He's calling himself a woman, and out of out of deference to him and, you know, whatever... We can call him a woman, but he is not a woman. Totally agree. Yeah. And they want us afraid to say what you just said. Correct. Because, oh, my God, Glenn Beck is racist. No, I. first of all, I don't know. I think I would be tri, I think I would be uh, biphobic or, or what is the uh, transphobic? Yeah. Transphobic. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I just I just think that we need to be very careful, especially those of us who are in in some sort of a leadership role. And I say that almost barely being able to keep a straight face. Um, those of us who are in the media, we have to be very, very clear. If I'm, if I'm with that person in, um, you know, a private situation or at a party or whatever, um, I will refer to her as she, if that's what makes her feel better. But if something happens at the party and she has to be going to the hospital, I am going to tell the hospital She's a guy. 
because biologically that may make a difference to, you know, on, on what is happening and how they treat her actually him. I just think we need to be um, compassionate and and also accurate. And we need to be more accurate in the media um, so people understand we can be compassionate, but also scientifically correct. I totally agree with you. I think the left believes, though, people are less fearful of being called transphobic because the facts are so clearly on your side, regardless of what they say. That's a man born a biological man. Yes, they have gender dysphoria and confusion and identity, but that is a man. And so I think they feel like, well, Glenn Beck, he can argue factually. Hey, I'm not transphobic. I'm just stating facts. They weaponize it, and that's why Sports Illustrated intensely, because the goal is to push the transgender. There's all these different gender identities, and, and so they intentionally chose a black transgender to package this as some black history-making event because the accusation of racism is very subjective in the public space, and anybody can argue anybody's racist, and there's, there are no facts, there's no, pe- people could care less. And so that's the ultimate weapon that they're trying to silence all of us. Glenn Beck... Jason Whitlock, Jason Whitlock's a sellout. He doesn't understand. He's not on the side, the right side of history on this historic black issue of blah blah blah. Glenn Beck, you know, of course he's conservative and he believes in God and that makes him racist and Christianity's racist and it justified slavery and and I mean all factually wrong, but they seem to have won this argument over Twitter and social media. Uh, and it's just frustrating. So I just see what Sports Illustrated has done and a lot of legacy media. They're just very clever and calculated. I, I, have, and, to, I have to tell you, though, you know, and, and, I, and I would like you to explain this because I think I understand what you're saying. And I think we're saying the same thing. But, um, uh, but it sh- sh- we should make it clear. They, you've said a couple of times, they believe they're on the right side of history. And this is why they're doing it. They're changing their, they're writing history for tomorrow, today. Um, And, you know, I I actually am glad they're putting all of this down on paper. Um, As somebody who is compiling a museum, we have, I I mean, I have an entire, I could fill the vault just with, the papers that I have on eugenics, the papers that I have on dismantling America and how wrong they are. They, the people who were for fascism here in America or for communism, they were shamed by 1950 because it was shown to be a deadly, deadly killer. Um, but fascism wasn't a dirty word. Eugenics, not a dirty word until you saw what happened at the end. When this society falls apart and when it when it completely breaks down and we have to start all over again, these people will be on the record of being on the wrong side. And uh, I, I'm actually glad that they are 
they are clear on what they believe is is right and normal and natural because it's not. Glenn, I think you're accurate. I think what they're arguing to their camp is we're going to win. Look at this massive lead we have. We just put Joe Biden, a corpse in office in the White House. Yeah. We got a massive lead. Glenn Beck, Jason Whitlock, they're so far behind us. We're winning this culture war. And as we all know, winners write history. Yes. And so they see themselves as the winners. They're going to write the history that Glenn Beck, Jason Whitlock, they were wrong about the transgender issue. They're wrong about everything else. Uh, America doesn't need Christian values. America needs Marxism, communism, equity, yeah. and all these other things. And, and I'm telling they believe your grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be reading their book of history. I, and I, you will be the bad guy. Correct. And I, and I believe there is a chance of that, because uh, I don't know how long it's going to take to reset back to common sense and, and eternal truths. But I want to ask you what they specifically think we're wrong about when it comes to transgender. I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion on, on where we're wrong, because I think we're with most Americans when they actually, not when we're spun, but when we, it's exposed on what we actually believe, uh, I don't think we're off base with the vast majority of Americans. Back with Jason Whitlock in just a second. Dawn lives in California. She wrote in about her experience with relief factors. She said, I had horrible pain and swelling in my hand. I couldn't find anything that gave any kind of relief. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't cook. I couldn't take care of the house. I couldn't do anything. She said, I was a hairstylist for 25 years and I had pain in my feet and my back. But relief factor took all of my aches and pains away from me inside of a month. And the longer I take relief factor, the better I feel. I just don't want to live without it. Thank you, Relief Factor, so much. Don, it makes me so happy to hear that you are out of pain and you have your life back. It happens, and it's, it's really strange. If you feel that you are getting relief in the first three weeks, it's true what Don said. The longer you take it, the better you feel. If you don't have any results in the first three weeks, you're most likely not going to get any relief from Relief Factor. And about 30% of the people who try it, They don't go on to order anymore because they don't find the relief, but 70% do. So please call Relief Factor now. The number is 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com, 10-second station ID. So, Jason, I, I want to I want to state where I stand on transgender and you tell me where the horror story is. Um, I believe in science and I believe that there is a biological, scientific, chemical uh, difference between a man and a woman. And you can have all the kind of surgeries that you want and you can make it look like you're a man or a woman, but that doesn't make you a man or a woman. I also believe in compassion. The people who, like Bruce Jenner, who suffered his entire life feeling trapped and that he was not himself and it was, 
I can't even imagine how horrible that life must have been. And so I have compassion. And if he wants to make that choice with his body, he has the right to make that choice. And as a compassionate person, I will call him Caitlin unless we're in a hospital. Um, you know, there is there is absolutely no problem. The, the last problem that I do have is um, what's happening to girls and children. The medical industry is so afraid of saying anything that it is likely that your daughter can go in to now one of the 300 centers where they will give you, um, you know, medicine on the first visit. You go in, you're a 15 year old girl and you say, I think I'm in my or the wrong body. They will prescribe hormones and they will not send you first. Let's get a psych evaluation. Let's talk this through. Let's explore all other options. They will immediately start drugs and no one. No one under 18 should be able to make this decision. When you're 20, 25, whatever, I'm fine because you're an adult, but not a kid because it's irreversible. How's that a horror show? Well, I'm going to answer it a little different way, Glenn. I'm going to say this other side that's arguing the other side of your argument, the left, their mantra is trust the science (laughs) and what they're actually saying what that actually means and i take give me a second to explain this trust satan do as thou wilt is the driving philosophy of the left it's a satanic philosophy it's a it's a philosophy that puts man at the top of the food chain and so when they're saying trust science trust man we got it all figured out there's no higher power. There's no God. There's no Jesus. That J- Jesus, God, are not at the top of the food chain for the left. Science is. Man is. Do as thou wilt is. And so if you feel like a woman, they're saying, go ahead, do it. And it's the equivalent of, as I was listening to your explanation, it's like, I have Kate, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, feels like a woman, and he just wants to go with that, as if Jason Whitlock has no struggle. Jason Whitlock feels like eating fast food six times a day. Mm -hmm. Should I just do it? Do as I will. It will kill me. There are negative side effects. The principles we're taught in the Bible are a guide to a purpose-filled, fulfilling life, a, a life filled with joy and happiness. We just can't give in to everything that we feel. And that's what the left and trust the science and trust man and do as thou wilt. That's what they're telling us. It's a satanic philosophy that leads exactly where you're saying in ter- this chaos we have with kids now and kids looking at the Sports Illustrated cover and people that can't tell the can't say when they want to go to bed and when they want to eat breakfast they're empowered to choose their gender at five six seven years old their their brains aren't at that level where they can be making these kind of choices we don't even let them pick their food but they can pick (laughs) their gender it's a satanic philosophy that creates the kind of chaos confusion 
divisiveness that we have across this country, the, 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 celeb- the debauchery that we celebrate, the, the, the degeneracy that we celebrate, it's, it's satanic. I have to tell you, uh, Jason, I, it's an honor to work with you. It really is. You are a very accomplished man, um, a great broadcaster, and a good, decent, honorable man as well. Say hi to Uncle Jimmy for me. If you have not seen Fearless yet, you need to. Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, and you'll save, uh, I think it's 10% when you sign up. Make sure you catch Jason Whitlock. I have a feeling today is going to be a great show. Fearless. You can also find it on YouTube.com. Fearless with Jason Whitlock. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 10 seconds uh, station ID in just a second. First, let me tell you about um, we have RecTech. Been telling you about RecTech now for about a year. And they are, it is a game changer. It is a game changer. I've gone from burning almost everything that I make out on a grill to, I mean, meat that will fall off the bones, ribs that will fall off the bones, the perfect steaks. They're not burnt anymore. It's really, really great. Um, one of the things that I really like is standing out in the heat in Texas in the summer by a grill is a death sentence it is it's really it's a punishment boy you didn't clean up your room go out there and you grill some meat because it you don't want to do it but this has an app that you have on your phone it gives you all of the information you need it's a smart technology it's fantastic and right now this week only you can save 10 percent off site-wide just dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say rectech 10% off site wide. Dial pound 250. Say Rectech. All right, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You can not only get Glenn TV, Stu Does America, and also Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program tonight on our Wednesday night special. Tonight is a chance to really educate yourself on what's really going on and the the roots behind it. We've heard about critical race theory and for good reason. It's racist. It is a racist ideology purposely designed to corrupt our children and undermine the the values of the West and in particular American values. And those values are hard work, uh, you know, pull yourself up, um, you know, don't be a racist. The real values that got us where we are and made us a people uh, that could forgive and move on. Well, uh, the results that we are seeing right now, this has been decades in the making, and it's not something the mainstream media, the Democratic Party, or even the teachers unions want you to know. They're doing everything in their power to try to convince you that it is no big deal so they can remain in the dark. It is a very big deal. And to overcome this, we need to educate ourselves. We need to understand what fuels it and And that's what I'm going to do tonight on television at nine o'clock. I'm going to expose the deep seated Marxist origins that have fueled this devastating cultural tragedy. 
More importantly, I'm going to show you how you can take these dark practices and make them right. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze something in, hopefully today, about what our plan should be moving forward. Um, It is time to act. Time to act. And we no longer have a choice. If you're sitting on the sidelines, you are part of the problem. There is a, a book out that I'd like you to pick up and read. I think it's uh, really important. It is called An Inconvenient Minority. And uh, it goes into uh, one of the real problems, Asians. Asians being uh, deemed sellout. Uh, and their success being swept under the rug. I mean, this is a group of people that were uh, not welcome by a lot of people in the 1800s. They built the railways and, you know, no Chinese, all kinds of slams in jail, uh, banned. They've 1940, all the Japanese were rounded up and put into concentration camps. I mean, it couldn't have been worse in the 20th century. And yet they are succeeding. Why? It's a cultural difference. And they are doing exactly what uh, blacks were doing for the first, what, 50 years until Booker T. Washington died. The Asian story is the black American story. They took their freedom and they said, nothing's going to stop us. Then the progressives got in and they, at the time, wanted to, to dismantle the, uh, the, the black family and black success. And that's where we are today. They've done it successfully. And now they're trying to convince everybody else that uh, the Asian minority is somehow or another a slave to these white ideas of, of merit and hard work. Kenny Shu is the author of that book, An Inconvenient Minority, and he's joining us now. Hi, Kenny. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. Where do I have this? Where do I have this wrong? <laughs> uh, I don't think you have it wrong. Um, although I would say, you know, right now it's interesting. The critical race ideology, um, what it what it tackles. Uh, it's funny because you said Asians were discriminated you know, by America, which is true. But now critical race theory wants to discriminate against Asians in the other direction. Correct. Now, too, you know, because if you are going to create a racial admissions process or a racial hiring process, as critical race theorists want to do, they want to remove colorblindness and they want to make it about race. Asians are going to be the ones that are going to be penalized along with whites. Um, Harvard already bases their admissions process off of critical race theory. And guess what? Um, Black Americans are given advantages over Latinos, over whites, over Asians. Asians are actually the most discriminated against in Harvard admissions because their racial ideology presupposes that Asians are a so-called privileged group. And that's what my book, An Inconvenient Minority, is telling that story. So is is this about um, is this about anything other than destroying um destroying uh, meritocracy destroying our our culture and our society and people i mean i don't want to go to a doctor who got into class or got grades 
because they were of a different skin color or they had I want the best doctor and I don't care what they look mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? Uh, this yeah. is not about helping. This is really about destroying people and our culture entirely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also about it's also about. What critical race theory tries to also address, though, is the failure of liberalism over the past 50 years, because we thought, as you know, as your listeners know, the great society, Lyndon B. Johnson, thought a combination of welfare and affirmative action would lead to these great strides in in black excellence um, in America today. But critical race theorists are frustrated that there's still racial gaps, you know, in education and household income and wealth. Uh, And they've gotten to the point where they're saying, "Okay, you know what? Forget all of those old welfare programs. We just need to force black people and Hispanic people into these uh, into um, into admissions, into colleges and into jobs for the sake of equity. So I think it's also a reaction to the failure of liberalism of the 60s. Because they are, I think um, it fails because everything they do dismantles what. Um, is responsible for kids doing well. And that is a, uh, a healthy, strong family um, that understands the idea of you gotta work for it. You gotta work for it. There, what, mm-hmm. What's happening with um, the Asian community, and you know, I'm white, so what do I know? But uh, <laughs> the, 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 what's happening with the Asian community has nothing to do with Asians being, you know, innately smarter or anything else. It's cultural. It's cultural. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and this is why, you know, you this is why this book could shed could shed some light on the situation in inconvenient minority because you know, why is it um that Asians, even though they were a race that was discriminated against and still faces discrimination today by the Ivy Leagues, are still able to succeed in this country. It's not it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with culture. You know, Asians study twice as many hours as the average American. They have more stable two-parent family structures. Um, they have lower rates of crime, lower rates of drug use. And this is applicable to any race. If Black Americans had the same out of wedlock rate, birth rate as Asians. If black Americans had the, you know, same drug use rate and and those kinds of things, I wouldn't say the problems of the black community would disappear entirely, but it would go a long way mm-hmm. towards towards solving them. And it not would be failure policy. And that's any color. That's any color. It's just not just. It's just not just uh, uh, blacks. I mean, honestly, I, I wish. My family, I wish I had more of the Asian cultural work ethic um, because I think my family would be stronger for it. Kenny, isn't that the reason? Isn't that the direction of the left right now, though, which is to say the problem? Sure, maybe hard work does lead to better outcomes. Maybe, you know, showing up on time and all these basic being polite is another one that is often cited. Uh, as good things in American culture, they are now saying that, well, sure, that might help, but that's the problem. We need to stop looking at things like hard work as positive because that's white supremacy Mm -hmm. in action. Right, right. And now, you know, critical race theorists are what they want to do in the destruction of meritocracy. 
they want to associate all of these values of so-called hard work, so-called, um, you know, working hard and getting a good education and, and, and those kinds of things as associated with whiteness, which uh, is associated with white supremacy, uh, which is the most racist thing you could possibly <laughs> right. say, really. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and the fact that, uh, that minorities are able to actually accomplish this and do well really inconveniences their narrative. So let me ask you, because uh, I've, I've thought about this uh, a lot, and, I, and I've, I've tried to swear off, you know, calling things evil, because that implies something, you know, really dark and sinister. Um, you know, mm-hmm. people are generally wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But as I look at critical race theory and I see what it is doing and I see that it's not based on anything other than the the goal of destruction, I think it is evil. It, can you find anything in critical race or have you ever heard anybody where they are making a, a decent case that is wrong but is it th- that they actually believe that this is going to make things better without destroying everything first? Well, this is this is the strategy. You know, here's here's the thing. Even though critical race theorists say everything is so, you know, want to go against white people and white supremacy. The funny thing about critical race theorists is that the way they propagate their theory is through these so-called white elite institutions. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they're not going through the grassroots. They're going through Harvard University, for goodness sake. That's where they invented critical race theory. It's the, right. so, it's the white progressive elite that is, that is funding and supporting uh, and intellectualizing, you know, this, this, this racialization of everything and all of our structures and our laws. So what, what needs to be done? Uh, how do we wake people up? I mean, I... I look at everything that is going on, you know, the defunding of the police. And I think when when are when are the African-American communities going to see who is sowing the seeds of their destruction? Because they are the ones that are hurting the most from all of these policies. Mm-hmm. Are we making uh, an inroad on any of this? Well, we have to start with race blindness. That's what we have to start. You know, I am president mm. of Color Color Us United, org, where we advocate for a race-blind America. And, you know, if you're a listener and you want to speak out, but you're, you know, you're, you fear your employer's retribution and everything like that, we totally understand. Let us be your voice. Sign up for our organization at colorusunited.org. And, and we need to we need to directly take on these institutions that are propagating this head on and show how race blind alternatives are always better because it's not about race. You know, your success has much less to do with your race than it does have to do with your hard work and your values and your individual expertise. That's what we need to pro- promote in American society today. And that is a winning message with all colors. So tell me, because I'm on the website now, tell me what, yeah. uh, how this helps. I go to the website, and how does this help me? Yeah, well, if you sign up, colorusunited.org, um, and add your name to the petitions um, that we're putting apart, one of our big petitions right now is we're petitioning the Salvation Army. And the Salvation Army is, is, um, is, is asking their members to, uh, to, to repent for their racism, mm. uh, even though they're not racist. 
You know, and this is something that we know how to strategically tackle. You know, I tackled Harvard University's discrimination, and I'm going up to the Salvation Army, and we, we're scheduling um, and, and we're pushing through and showing the leadership, because a lot of these leaders are well-intentioned, uh, but we're showing the leadership this kind of thinking is only going to take your organization down, down a hole, and we're going to organize thousands and thousands of employees and volunteers to, to join us. So you can join us there as well. Well, count me in. Um, the uh, website is colorusunited.org, colorusunited.org. The name of the book that is another critical book uh, for understanding everything is An Inconvenient Minority. Uh, and we've been talking to Kenny Shu. Thank you so much, Kenny. I appreciate it. God bless. God bless, Glenn. You bet. So I love sitting down to watch a movie or a TV show with my family. And uh, it just doesn't happen anymore because you can't watch anything with your family uh, because there's no there's nobody's making family programming anymore. Um, and VidAngel can make it for you. And let me explain. VidAngel is uh, something that you can sign up for. Um, and, you know, it's just a subscription once a month. And it works on Amazon. It works on uh, Netflix. So you can watch all the movies, but then you decide what kind of things you want to see and are acceptable. So you can say, I don't want any swearing at all, and it will skip past all of that if you're watching it with your your kids. I don't want to see any graphic violence, and you decide the level of that. I don't want to see any steamy stuff, and you decide the level of that. And then it automatically goes through the 2,500 movies or 11,000 TV episodes and new ones being new ones being added every single day. Uh, and you set the rules, so you're not you're not advocating. I oh, we need better TV. We need to have somebody else censor. No, 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 no. You customize all the shows that you already love and you want to watch. You customize it to where you are. And right now they're using a, a special. Uh, you can try VidAngel for a month for a buck. One dollar, just try it. You're, they know you're going to sign up because you're going to love it. New episodes added every week. New movies added every week. Now only a dollar. Trust me, VidAngel will make your shows better. VidAngelBeck.com. That's VidAngelBeck.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, we need somebody to flag the misinformation that is coming from the mainstream media when it comes to what is in the Texas Senate bill. They're now saying uh, this is uh, so we we don't have to teach about Martin Luther King or it's all this nonsense. It's not true. We're going right to the horse's mouth. We're going to talk to one of the Texas state senators who's behind this uh, Texas Senate Bill 3. Set the record straight. Yeah. Who's providing misinformation and who's providing accurate truth? Hmm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Imagine launching Jason into space. 
I mean, that's something we can all down with well, that. Only <laughs> if you're wearing a tank top like you usually do in the morning for the meeting. Tomorrow, boys. Oh, tomorrow's tank top day. Yes, I love tank top day. Hey, thank, you. Uh, thank you, Jason. Appreciate that. Uh, I believe it was William Wallace who once said, they may take our lives, but they can never take our, tank our home title oh. lock. Okay. Or, or our tank tops. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, he was wrong, of course. We all know how that worked out uh, with him in the end. He was he was a victim of home title fraud. I believe that's how that that movie ends. Is that right? Uh, home title uh, theft is not only a real thing, but in fact, it is on the rise in a big way um, because of the you know the way home title theft works. You could be a victim and not even know it yet. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of p- public databases for high equity homes. Maybe you've paid your home off. Maybe you have a lot of equity in your home. Uh, Certainly, the home values have gone up quite a bit. This is a high time for this type of crime. They get control of your title, and then basically you're screwed. They take your equity. They can borrow against it. you got to try to unwind it with banks and insurance companies and local governments. It's a disaster. You need something that's going to help keep you safe, protect your most valuable asset, register your address, see if you're already a victim uh, and don't even know it yet, and you can get a complete title history of your home, $100 value, free from HomeTitleLock.com. Do it today. HomeTitleLock.com. Radio show starts in seconds. So the White House this week uh, told us that they are coordinating with big tech to flag and silence people. And then they said, you know, there's really 12 people. But then they wouldn't name the 12 people. Now they've named the 12 people. But what's happening to those 12 people? And does the government have a right to take away your right? just because they can call up a private company and have it done? I don't think so. Stephen Miller is looking into this. He's just uh, he's just started the uh, America First Legal. He's the founder and president of that. And he's going to talk about what the administration is doing, how they're coordinating, and how we can stop this, because it is absolutely not constitutional. And they're, they're, what they're doing is they're silencing people for misinformation. But at the same time, the mainstream media is lying about what is happening in Texas with the, you know, the voting bills. They're saying that we're cutting hours, et cetera, et cetera. But now it's even worse. Now they're saying we're not going to even be able to teach Martin Luther King. We're not going to be able to teach about the evils of slavery because of these Texas Senate bills not true maybe we should make a list of 12 uh, institutions on the left that shouldn't be listened to anymore and maybe should be banned and i'd start with cnn cbs nbc abc all of them because they're lying and we begin there in 60 seconds the glenn beck program you know, when I was a kid, uh, one of the things I was really afraid of was uh, quicksand, uh, mainly from Gilligan's Island. But didn't it seem like in television, 
back in the day. I think the Brady kids were in quicksand at one it's point. It's quicksand. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even know if quicksand exists. Uh, I don't think it really does. Certainly not like it does in those shows. Yet my kids just the other day were like, Daddy, have you ever seen quicksand? No, i never. Why? No, I don't. I don't even know if it exists. Uh, And the more you struggle to get free, the more you sink. Well, that is the quicksand that you actually deal with. And it doesn't make for a good, funny comedy uh, sitcom. The quicksand that you really are in is your finances usually. You know, you're struggling to get free, and then the more you sink, and, you know, you're looking for somebody with a tree branch that will come by. Can you help me pull, pull, pull myself out? Yeah, I'll, I'll do all the work. Would you just hold the stick for me? And it's always at the last second, isn't it? Uh, don't wait until the last second before you go under in the quicksand. Uh, I have a tree branch for you. It's American Financing, family-owned company that have been helping people just like you. Find the exact right loan that you need, and they've been doing it for over two decades. So whether it's refinancing your mortgage, getting a new mortgage, taking out a consolidation loan so you can get out from things that are sucking you down, call American Financing. American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program, where we just don't let you know who we are. Uh, we don't let you know that we're conservatives, uh, and that way we can brainwash people uh, and feed them all kinds of misinformation. Or it's the exact opposite of that, but you'll have to decide. Um, The media right now is coming after Texas uh, with both barrels, but they are they're filled with fraud. I mean, everything they're saying about the Texas bill on voting is not true. Now they're actually saying that we're never going to be able to teach you know, about Martin Luther King or, or, or Susan B. Anthony. If the Republicans have their way, you'll never hear about those people in school. Let me tell you something. Critical race theory disagrees with Martin Luther King. You keep critical race theory in and you will lose Martin Luther King. That's not what is in the Senate bill. And instead of going to some expert who has read the bill and knows about the bill, and I got to tell you, this is what I read. Let's go to the guy who actually wrote the bill. The guy who can set the record straight is Brian Hughes. He's a Texas state senator. He's the author of Senate Bill 3. Welcome to the program. Glenn, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be on. (laughs) You bet. It must be so frustrating for you to see these these, uh, uh, quote-unquote trusted voices talk about the bill and just lie about it like they are. Glenn, it's just beyond words. We've dealt with media bias for a long time. Everybody gets that. But to falsely state objective facts and to do it again and again and then to have this echo chamber. And I'll tell you this. You don't have to take my word for it. Anyone can go to Chapter 113 of the Texas Administrative Code. That's where our curriculum elements are found at Chapter 113, Texas Administrative Code. That's before my bill. That's after my bill. It's still there. And you will find many specific references to difficult subjects like slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, eugenics. 
bright things like the women's suffrage movement. A lot about Dr. King. We we adore and look up to Dr. King so much. Uh, you'll find many references to him, to Susan B. Anthony, the civil rights movement, the Underground Railroad. The very things, the very things that we are accused of removing are specifically set out in the curriculum standards today. Today, that has not changed. It, right. It's remarkable. So what happened? What did, What are they basing this on? How could you possibly, how can an honest person read uh, your Senate bill uh, uh, three and come up with that? Can an honest person do that? I can see how you could look at the bill from last session. There was a critical race theory that came out of the House last session, a bill about critical race theory, and it had a long, exhaustive reading list. Topics on the left and the right, all kinds of American history. And we heard from teachers and from the State Board of Education, and they said, hey, leave us the specifics. Leave us the details Correct. in your bill. Just put the broad topics. So Senate Bill 3 removes those specific items from the statute, but it leaves them where they belong, over in the curriculum in Chapter 113. I have not seen a single story, a single story about this. Look at Chapter 113 in the law in Texas, Texas Administrative Code, that lists Dr. King, Susan B. Anthony, All right. Underground Railroad. So, so what are the categories? What does this new bill say? Oh, we're so excited about this bill because this says we're going to teach our students to judge people based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. It specifically says that in Texas public schools, we do not teach that one race is inherently superior to another, that one sex is inherently superior. It specifically rejects white supremacy or any racial supremacy or inferiority. It also says, Glenn, that one race, members of one race are not inherently racist and unable to overcome their racism. Do we have problems in America's past? Of course. And we teach American history and Texas history, good, bad, and ugly. But we teach our students how we overcome it by coming together as Americans, not by being racist. I, I am... I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Brian, but I am shocked that we have to outline this in every state in the union. I, I, I can't believe this has been so well crafted and is so far down the road that we have to have these bills. And I'm also shocked at the people who are standing up fighting against them. Goodness, remarkable. And perhaps one of the worst elements that we had this during the debate on this bill last week, one of the worst elements, there is a teaching that meritocracy and work ethic and working hard, that that's a racist construct. I know. What is the worst thing we could teach our children, regardless of their race, color, gender? What's the worst thing we can teach them? That hard work doesn't matter? That's the essence of the American dream. That's how everyone can succeed in this country like no place in the world. And these people are suggesting that we should teach hard work and meritocracy is racist. That's horrible. I have to tell you, I, it's one of the things I mean, there's, you know, obviously a lot of things like I, I don't want my kids to be criminals and I don't, you know, all the things that you worry about. I'd love my kids to have a great relationship with God, et cetera, et cetera. But as a dad, I worry all the time about teaching my children work ethic. You know, how do you. I learned that, I think, through osmosis because my father was doing it. We were all just expected to go to work with him. We owned our own business. So at eight years old, I'm, I'm working. Well, right. I don't have that kind of business for my children. And that, 
that scares me that they they may not have the right work ethic. And here we have our schools wanting to teach that that work ethic is racist. That dismantles everything in our society. Uh, Glenn, you said it well, dismantles everything. You and I and people that grew up in America understand this American dream, right? That even if you fail before, no matter the color of your skin, no matter what your parents did, no matter where you were born, if you work hard and trust the Lord and play by the rules, you can succeed and you lift others up when you do that. This critical race theory, this toxic evil doctrine attacks the very heart of the American dream. And let me just say this, Glenn, I'm going to, this is pretty obvious. And I haven't heard people talking about this in critical race theory. They're teaching little white children that they should feel guilty about uh, bad acts by previous generations of white folks. But even worse, they're telling little children from minority communities, little black children, brown children, they're telling them, Oh, you can never make it in America. America is so racist. It's so against you. You'll always be second class. What a horrible message to teach those children. Let's teach them that we can all succeed. Are there problems? Yes, we'll overcome them together as Americans. But everyone gets a chance. Everyone can succeed in America. And critical race theory, as you said, undermines the very heart of the American dream. Teachers are already reporting. They say that they're the very beginning of seeing some of the early results of teaching critical race. They say that they are already seeing white kids being rejected from playgroups and um, they're being ostracized. And, you know, we, we did a study. Uh, what was the name of that study back in the 1950s or 60s where uh, they taught children uh, that if you have blue eyes, you are inferior and you're to be feared. And if uh, you have any other color eye, you're fine. And they they classified the children of blue eyes and they only did it in one day. And they said by the end of the day, the children were already separating themselves and breaking friendships. Can you imagine? I mean, we know the results of this. Can you imagine teaching this all throughout our country for even just a year? What an impact this would have. Oh, Glenn, what a nightmare. You made the great point in that study demonstrates that racism has to be taught. And we have we have challenges in our history, difficult challenges with racism even today. But most folks would agree we are making progress. We've got a long way to go, but we're making progress. That's what Dr. King said. This teaching, this critical race theory pushes us back generations. It creates new racism in our country. The last thing we need at a time like this. So is this going to pass? This bill is going to pass. It has passed the Texas Senate, as you know, over in the Texas House. Uh, Right now, we don't have a quorum because a number of our Democratic colleagues have left to go to Washington. And so uh, we don't know exactly what their plans are, but they're going to come back at some point. They've got homes and families here. And Governor Abbott says when they come back, he'll call us back for another special session. And I can say for my part that I'll stay here as long as it takes and come back to Austin as many times as it takes. Get these bills done. Glenn, there's this bill. There's election integrity you talked about. There's free speech online, uh, helping our retired teachers, children in foster care, property tax relief. So many good bills we want to get passed, but we can't do it right now because we don't have a quorum in the Texas House. Are you convinced that if we pass these bills that they're not just going to change the names or they're not just going to wink and a nod with the with the, you know, real radical teachers, and they'll just teach it anyway. 
Well, I'm glad you brought it up because if you read this bill, it doesn't use the phrase critical race theory. Rather, it describes in detail those pernicious doctrines. But yes, we're going to have to watch. That question has come up. We have great teachers in Texas. We're thankful for them. And most of them reject this, the vast majority. In fact, I've heard from a number of teachers that support the bill and teachers have sent me examples of where they see this creeping into curriculum. So the good news is we have great teachers in Texas that don't believe this. We want to make sure that they're supported and they're not being pushed to teaching lies like this to our children. Brian, thank you so much for being on with us. This is Brian Hughes. He's a Texas state senator setting the record straight and telling you exactly what's in the bill, not the lies from the mainstream media. Uh, Texas Senate bill number three. Brian, thank you so much. God bless. Thanks for having me. You bet. Stephen lives in uh, Arizona. He writes in about his dog's experience with Rough Greens. He said, I heard about Rough Greens from your show, Mr. Beck. (laughs) I love Mr. Beck. Uh, Please call me Glenn. Um, My dog, JJ, is seven years old and in good health. Just a little overweight. You know what? Me too. She now drools on the floor when we fill her bowl. Her coat is now shinier and she no longer has dandruff. JJ is a lot more active now, too, and she's constantly going back to lick her empty bowl. That is something that Uno does that I mean, I've never heard him push the bowl up against the wall and you just hear the metal bowl clanging up against the wall as he's licking it. Never, never has he done that in his whole life. He does now with rough greens. And apparently, J.J. is uh, the same with uh, Stephen in Arizona. Stephen, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for writing in. Um, it is, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that your dog is more active and enjoying life a little bit more and more healthy. That's what Rough Greens does. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on the food. Makes, your, makes the dog food healthier and makes your dog healthier and happier. Most dogs love it, but if your dog doesn't, you don't want to be out you know, a bunch of money because you ordered a big bag of this stuff. That's why they're offering a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay for is the shipping. Then if your dog likes it as much as Uno or JJ does, then you can order a real bag of Rough Greens. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call them at 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Call them now. 10 seconds. Station ID. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We have um, we have Stephen Miller on with us in in just a few minutes. Stephen is uh, looking into the Biden administration's coordination with big tech. You know, I found it interesting that um, Joe Biden always says, "I'm going to get in trouble with uh, you know I'm going to get in trouble with people if if I if I go off script." Yeah, uh, right. yeah, it's, it's really been an issue. The media just holds him to account, Glenn, just yeah. so much. No, I think he's talking about the the Marxists that are actually waiting behind the blue curtain. <laughs> um, but he is in trouble now because mm-hmm. of what he said with Facebook, that we're coordinating with them. We're working with them. Uh, the White House well, was- uh, has spent like two days trying just to walk that one back. Well, and that's after they because they had to walk back that Facebook was killing people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that he, that, this is what Biden does do. He yeah. he blurts things out. Then he gets called on it and he tries to back it off and he usually goes Worse. too far in the wrong direction. Yeah. Again, like you look at the vaccine numbers, you can argue Facebook all you want. The literal peak 
of vaccinations in this country was the day they implemented the Johnson and Johnson pause. It is entirely responsible for the fall off when it comes to vaccines, at least the timing of it. If you had gone at three or four million doses a day for another couple of weeks, it would have went way above the goals that they had set. You pay attention to all these numbers. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, 48. Isn't it 48 percent of the country is vaccinated now? Uh, fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. And, and that's including children. Right. That's right. what I wanted to ask. Yeah. So if you include children, that's what's driving that number way down. It's 48.7 percent. Uh, but that includes Everyone under 12, which is not eligible you, for the vaccine, which is obviously ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, is ridiculous. it you know, it's a ridiculous standard? Really, what you need to look at is the most important number out of all of it is at least one shot 65 and older. That right. number is 89.1 percent. Right it's now. fantastic. It's, I, it's fantastic. What did you expect to happen? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What, yes, you, you would like it to be. You'd love to get to herd immunity. You'd love to do all those things. Uh, about 56% of adults have received one dose. Uh, uh, excuse me, 56% of all people have received one dose. And uh, 68.3% of adults have received one dose. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. First of all, one dose is probably enough. That's what a lot of experts are saying. Yeah, there's now. some doubts about that with the Delta variant. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, makes it a little bit less effective. Right. But yes, I would agree. It gives you a significant Correct. amount of, of protection. And the way they're counting this, while while counting children that cannot get it, yeah. can't get it. It's, it's, I mean, Sun City, Florida, 100%. Utah, 5%. You know, because yeah. they... They have such a young population and so many kids. It's ridiculous the way they're doing this. It really is an insane thing. I mean, the reason they use the fully vaccinated number on the news all the time is because they want to make evil Trump supporters in the South look but like they're anti-science. But it is not evil Trump supporters no. that are doing it. It is Hispanics and blacks that As well, generally yeah. are, are not. They're the, they're the leading factor. Others mm-hmm. aren't doing it, uh, but sure. they're the leading factor. Why don't we hear that all the time? Why don't we hear that? And that doesn't even include people like yourself, Glenn. You're not anti-vaccine. Nope. But you had COVID. You have a level of protection. You've had a positive antibody test, Mm -hmm. right? That don't even include that in these numbers. So we know more people than this have some level of immunity to the virus. It's just this. And now they're talking about, you know, throwing masks back on. It's the return of the mask. And it's like, well, you know, again, you're, you think you're incentivizing people to go get the vaccine when you're telling them that they all have to wear masks again? Uh, why would they? You could understand why people would be like, why would I bother with this? You know, again, I... I yeah, because I'm, it's not even convenient. I can't get it from my doctor. I can't get it from my doctor. I can't get the vaccine oh, yeah. from my doctor. Yeah, and you have to go set up a separate appointment. That's stupid. stupid. That's just so stupid. This is the Glenn Beck program. But it's the misinformation people that we have to stop. <laughs> right. So we'll get to that here with uh, Stephen Miller from the White House in just a minute. Former White House. Um, Goldline. We are going into an inflationary period. I don't know if you saw this. Experts are now saying that food prices this fall will be up 10 to 14 percent. The inflation on food. Who's getting hurt by this? Who's getting hurt by this? The people who are living on the edge of our society. We're going to tax the rich. We're going to do all these. We're going to spend, spend, spend. Who's getting hurt by this? So we've got 10 to 14 percent inflation happening now uh, this fall, they say, with food prices. 
Gold Line is there. They're a hedge against insanity. They're a hedge against inflation. They're offering a 6% bonus special now on qualifying self-directed IRA transactions, 6%. And also their highly popular gold legal tender bars. Uh, the cards are available for both IRA acquisitions and orders for direct, direct uh, delivery. Do it now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. Stephen Miller uh, used to be a senior advisor for Donald Trump, and he was the director of speech writing for the president as well, which I'd love to talk to him about. I'd love to talk to him about that, but we got to get to some important stuff first. He has just uh, founded, and he's the president of American uh, America First Legal, uh, and they are launching now an effort to get all the documents and find out exactly how the Biden administration is coordinating with big tech as Joe Biden just kind of spilled out the other day. Uh, They're kind of backtracking on that now, but do you have any doubt? Let's go to Stephen Miller. Hi, Stephen. Great to be on with you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. So tell me what you guys are doing. Yes. So, as the whole world saw a few days ago, Jen Psaki admitted in the White House press briefing that the Biden administration is actively coordinating with the tech conglomerates to deplatform, censor, and silence Americans. It goes without saying, although I'm going to say it, <laughs> that this isn't this isn't only authoritarian and wildly inappropriate, it's also unconstitutional. Oh, it is. And the reason it's unconstitutional is pretty straightforward, which is that the government cannot use any quote-unquote private company as an agent on its behalf to deprive somebody of a foundational right. So a very basic example of this that you might see in a Law & Order episode would be that if the government wants to search your home but doesn't have a search warrant, they can't ask a private security company to break into your house and take your files and then say, oh, well, we didn't do it. The private company did. Right. That's exactly what they're doing here with respect to free speech. But in order to stop them, we're going to need more than just Jen Psaki's admission, although you'd like to think that would be enough. We're going to need all the records, all of the emails, all of the documents, that show this unlawful coordination. And you that know, means- Stephen, you know it's happening. And it may not be on a whitehouse.gov uh, email address, although I wouldn't put it past them. But you know this is going on. And even if they say, we're, oh, we're not doing it, and, you know, they have found a way around it, they are, they are talking to each other. I mean, it is the left... It has all of their people embedded in those places. Yes. Well, it's a, first of all, another reason why you cannot draw a line where big government ends and big tech begins is because of the entirely incestuous nature. Exactly. Of the staffing relationships between yes. the two. They go back and, and forth. They'll go from the White House to Facebook to Facebook back Correct. to the White House. 
Exactly. And 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 to the Capitol Hill offices in the House and Senate that supposedly oversee and regulate. And so and I, I have a unique vantage point here because in addition to serving in the executive branch for the last four years, I was on Capitol Hill as a staffer for almost a decade before that. And so I can tell you from firsthand knowledge and experience that many staffers on Capitol Hill dream of nothing else but getting to go work at a place like Google or Facebook or Twitter, maybe. And so that's also part of this incestuous relationship. So you really can't tell where one ends and one begins. So how do we another s- important point go- here is yep. that is that the the White House and the majorities in Congress are actively talking about new legislation that will supposedly govern the rules of the road for big tech companies. Nope. Why does it matter legally? It matters legally because if you are saying on the one hand, we have control over your business model, we have control over how you operate. And then the other hand, you send a request that says, would you, could you please deplatform this person? Hmm. In the law, what that means is that the, the company is effectively being coerced into doing your bidding. Now, I am definitely not making excuses for these companies. They, they love, they're run by radical progressives who hate everything that we believe. But I'm saying as a matter, it's also important that the government, as we speak, is talking about regulation and legislation concerning big tech. Well, there's two things. There's two things on this. First of all, I don't know what you believe that happened with the Iran-Contra affair, but I actually believe Oliver North didn't tell the president. Uh, The president may not have known. He just knew the president wanted to do those things and to keep the keep everything, you know, uh, safe. So the president could honestly say, I didn't know. Um, I think that stuff happens all of the time. And sometimes they misjudge the president. Sometimes they, you know, the president's happy about it, I'm sure. Um, But I believe people take the initiative themselves to get things done. Um, And so the, the president, the president doesn't even have to be involved. They don't even have to say it. They just know that this is what they all want to do. And so they just do it. The, the 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 second thing is they also want regulation and it is exactly the same thing that happened with the three big automakers uh, with FDR. They went to FDR and or FDR went to the big three and to the tire companies. And there were a lot of really good tire companies back in the 1930s and 40s. And um, FDR went to them and said, you BF Goodrich and you Goodyear. You guys come up with the regulation for yours and Chrysler and uh, GM and Ford. You come up with the regulations because we need to regulate you. Well, all the regulations that were written benefited those companies and put everybody else out of business. That that's that's the kind of legislation you're going to get from uh, the United States at this point with these companies. That is the quid pro quo. Yeah. And, and that is where it is an entirely symbiotic relationship where one needs the other. Big tech needs big government to protect its monopoly and big government needs big tech to censor dissidents. And, you know, the point that you made about auto companies also applies here just to illustrate the truth of the example to Wall Street as well. 
which is the Dodd-Frank legislation, yep. was written by the people who were being regulated and written by the staffers who wanted to go work at those companies. Yep. The end result was is to make so-called too big to fail even bigger and more uh-huh. powerful while killing the community bank. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. So we know what's going to happen. We also have seen big talk from Republicans. We're going to get tough on these companies, you know, uh, Section 230. We're going to and nothing happens. So, Stephen, what is going to happen now? What What's the plan that you think would affect this? It's a great question. So first on the legislative front, because there is a lot of ongoing debate in the House and Senate about what legislation looks like. For what it's worth, my own view on this, and I believe Clarence Thomas pointed the way in his opinion that he recently wrote, I think that the large technology companies should be thought of as common carriers in the same way that your telephone company is, providing a basic service. Your telephone company, your water company, et cetera, they can't turn off your water, they can't turn off your phone service because you express a heterodox view that's unpopular in Washington, D.C. Mm. Uh, I have very little confidence that that is the direction that Congress is going to go on this. <laughs> from <a> legal, <laughs> I can guarantee you. Yes. From a, from a legal standpoint, in the courtroom, the, the key is that we're going to have to most likely go and enforce this FOIA request in court. So FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, the way it works is that you have the right as a citizen, I have the right as someone leading a nonprofit group to access these records. They belong to the American people. These are your public servants. But oftentimes people in government do not comply with these mm-hmm. requests. And you have to file suit in Washington, D.C. I'm sure that's where it's headed. But the, the end goal is if we are successful in getting these documents and we are able to show this collusive behavior and we will have established a true legal route for liberating victims of censorship and deplatforming because we'll be able to show that they are victims of government censorship. And the tech companies are simply doing the bidding of their government masters. Well, I mean, I don't know how you're I mean, I'm sure there's not a paper trail and contracts, but when you have the government and the Pentagon saying, you're going to be our cloud service. You're going to be um, we're going to you're going to be our uh, repository for everything that you, you wait a minute. You can't have that relationship with those guys because they're not going to want to piss you off. You're not going to want to piss them off. You get special favors because they're one of our biggest clients. It happens without even without even asking for it. It will happen. Correct. I mean, yes. That's a very important point. I mean, it, you know, to use like a perhaps a crude example, but the um, if the mafia and goes and asks a business owner very nicely yeah. uh, for five hundred dollars, they don't have to complete the rest of the sentence. Right. The, the, the understanding is there. Correct. Um, and these companies are completely reliant on government protection, government contracts, and government favors. And again, likewise. The staffers in the government who are, you know, think of themselves as very important people, they also think of themselves as entitled to make a very large amount of money. And the way they think that they are going to get a large amount of money as such important people is to leave Washington and go work for, again, a Google or a Facebook Mm -hmm. or a Twitter. 
Stephen, I uh, I support you in uh, in this, and uh, and thank you for fighting. Uh, anything that we or the audience can do to help you? The, the best thing that everyone can do is just go to visit our website, aflegal.org. That's aflegal.org. And you can sign up for our newsletters. You can read about our latest cases. You can join the team and help us, not just on this issue, which is obviously of existential importance, but on all the legal battles that we're currently waging against the Biden administration. Uh, Stephen Miller, founder and president of America First Legal. It's aflegal.org. You can follow him on Twitter at Stephen M. Stephen, thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. God bless. You bet. So here's the deal. There's two kinds of real estate agents out there. The kind who treat it almost like a hobby and the kind that bust their butts because they actually care. That that is the key. It's not somebody who it's not somebody who just does a good job when people actually care. That's what makes things different. And you need to have that connection with your real estate agent. They need to they need to care about you and your situation. And more importantly, they need to have the system in place to be able to drive eyeballs to your house and drive offers to your house. And it's got to already be in place. It can't be like, you know, we're trying something new. They already have to have that. And when they already have buyers that would be in the market for a house like yours, they they can move your house quickly. That's the kind of agent you're going to find with realestateagentsitrust.com. On the buying and the selling side, whether you're moving across the street or across the country, we can help you find the right real estate agent in that area for you. So go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Tonight on Glenn TV. You've heard the lies about critical race theory. It's harmless. It's just a law theory. It's the new conservative boogeyman. Opponents of CRT are racist. It's not being taught in public school. Glenn exposes the true origins of critical race theory and gives you the facts you need to fight back in the war for our children's minds. Watch Marxist Methods, debunking the left's lies about critical race theory. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight, you don't want to miss our Wednesday night special at 9 p.m. I'm going to be taking you through the history of CRT and the Marxist revolution. It is really important that you see how these people work and how um, we arrived here. Historically speaking, if you don't know your enemy, you can't you can't beat them. Um, and there's a lot to be learned. And, you know, the problem is, is they make it so hard to learn about them because oh, all of the woke language and all of the twisted, you know, philosophical bullcrap in the language uh, that you, you, they just make up. I swear to you, they're just making it up. Have you ever tried to read Karl Marx? Yeah, it's it's just there's all this sort of circuitous yeah. speech and like, you know, the way it's written is it's like a lot of the woke stuff is written today. If you yeah. look at the academic papers on, you know, 
women's studies and gender studies and all of that. It's just like this circuitous nonsense. To, yeah, that, but it it's is. like self-proving nonsense. Yeah. And you, I, I've read Das Kapital and you're like, what, wait, what, how, how, what, what are you saying? How is this supposed to work? That's part of the design of it. It seems I know, I know. So it's really difficult to get through some of those things. So we're going to break it down tonight and I'm going to show you um, historically how all of this came to be and what their tactics are. If you, if you want to, if you want to beat them, you need to understand them. And that's one thing that we don't have on the right. We don't have an understanding of, of who the enemy of our Republic and uh, our constitution really is. And it's a pretty bold statement to say that we're fighting an enemy that is domestic and foreign that is trying to destroy our constitution but that is exactly their stated goal destroy the constitution and destroy the western way of life and you do that by destroying america they are changing everything and they are way 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 ahead farther ahead than i even thought um i thought you know i worried that while we had Trump in office, they were just plotting and planning, and that's exactly what they've been doing. But it's it's worse than, you know, just the last four years. This is a hundred years worth of work all coming down the pipeline now at once. And if we're not educated and we don't know what we're facing, then we lose. And that cannot happen. Don't miss tonight's special blazetv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn and save this is the glenn back program